0: I need y'all to do some talking to me today. This is a talking to me message. This is a, I got something to say, kind of anointing. Come on, somebody. This is, this is going to be fun if you will have fun with me because we're going to tear down some, I'm trying to think of the word. We're going to tear down some false beliefs that not you have, that we have. When it comes to me and God, time and prayer. Because the truth of the matter is, we all think that it's the spiritual people that pray and it's this certain thing that they got to do and they lay it out a certain way and so we're going to deal with it today. But I'm excited because I feel like God wants to have an encounter with you in the next, now listen, not just today, not just in this series, but beginning like a flint, like a fire and going forward, I believe there's going to be a shift in many of your lives or you're never the same. I mean it, Or you're never the same. So I want to say this again. I'm so thankful that Pastor Stephen started the way that he started. It was such a great word, and it needed to be humility. Because if we don't come to God, and if we don't practice, if we don't understand what humility is in here, the rest of this series and the rest of this stuff is honestly just a waste of words and time. That's the foundation. It's the principle. It's the, the baseline. But today I want to focus on this. I want to focus on the if my people, but I don't want to focus on America. Y'all look at it. I don't want to focus on America because I don't think America's the point. With all due respect to everybody that has watched Fox News or CNN or whichever is your choice over and over and over, and you've checked websites and you've done all these things, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that except that that's not the point, that this is the land that God's ready to heal now. Do you hear what I'm telling you? That I, I do strongly believe that this can cause this to become a Christian nation. But look at me. I have bad news for you. If you're one of the people that say, I just wish America would be a Christian country again, it ain't, weren't, and won't be. But there can be a Christian country. It's called the kingdom. And as much territory as we take can be the Christian country that it is. So the one that I'm concerned with is the one that's inside of each one of you and I. We are the Christian country that God has cares about to establish and to heal and to change. And I'm preaching good and ain't nobody saying nothing. But, but, but this is what separates us most likely. So I am not, for one more second, going to spend any time telling you who to vote for today. But I am going to show you a formula that if you want to use it, you can use it. And it might help on Tuesday. But the point of this series is, is 2 Chronicles 7 that Pastor Stephen actually preached before that and then preached this verse. But it's if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and, say the word. Pray. Humble themselves and? Pray. pray. And pray. Then pray, 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 pray. I think it's something that is said. I, we sing songs about it. My man MC Hammer back in the day, you've got to pray just to make it today. Or... Y'all know that we're halfway there. Uh-oh. We're living on a prayer. prayer. We all know there's songs, they're secular songs, and we'll sing songs about prayer just because it's cool to sing about prayer. But we ain't no more living on a prayer. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayer. Oh, that one too. So, but we don't, we don't anymore understand what that means or what that is or any of that than the man on the moon. We just know that, oh, if the big man upstairs... Right, We call people in a tragic situation. It's the time to call people to say it. Matter of fact, some Senate, presidential, all those people right now are saying, let's get people gathered together to pray. But I'm, this is Mark telling you this. This is not a political statement. I'm convinced that that is just to rally the troops and not to actually get the people to do what he, or they, I shouldn't say he because it's not just a he, what they are asking them to do. It's to rally one side. And I'm not, I'm not bashing any pastors or anybody that's doing that because, by God, I'm calling all of us to do it. But not politically, personally. And then let the political bleed over into that, not the other way around. But he says, if my people who are called by my name, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their ways, then, someone say then. then, we'll hear from heaven. I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. This is the problem, my opinion. And I'll just piggyback off last week. We beg God to heal the land. Oh God, hast thou forgotten us? Where are you? Sort of my Harry Carey mix with a pastor. But what's wrong with this picture, God? I don't know what to do. Why don't we start over? Why don't we reverse engineer it and actually do what he says and stop worrying about down here? Because down here's a promise if we'll do what he says. But we got to stop. The whole, I don't understand. God's forgotten us. Why doesn't this happen? And then say, oh, maybe I should humble myself and pray. So, today, we're going to talk about, say this word, is big, it's loud. What does it say? Prayer. Prayer. Can we have fun? Are y'all cool? Okay. This is what prayer means. I, I want to start with a definition before we tear it apart. This is literally from the Greek, so this isn't an opinion. Prayer is an exchange. It means to interact with the Lord by switching my wishes with his wishes, my dreams for his dreams. But, but it's literally an exchange. It's conversational. It's divine persuasion. Now, I thought this was fascinating. I didn't share this with the first, but y'all are special, so I get to share this with y'all. The, the Greek word for this, which I did not give you, comes from a root, which is also where the word faith comes from. Now, I, I'm going to argue through this series that it is impossible to have faith if you're not a person of prayer. Impossible. Because you don't, (laughs) how do you know, Mark? I'm not saying you can't have faith one time, and I'm not saying you can't place your faith in Jesus as Savior. I'm talking about you can't be a person of faith without being a person of prayer because you won't know where to put the faith at. That didn't come out right, but you know what I meant. You don't know where to put your faith if you don't listen to the one who is the author and perfecter of the faith. So this is unbelievably cool because I begin to understand that as the divine persuasion takes place through conversation, that where I should have faith and where I should not worry about faith, where I should place it, where my mustard seed should be planted. Because if you have a mustard seed faith, we've heard messages our whole lives if you've been in church, if you have a mustard seed faith, you can say to that mountain, move, but we don't even have any seeds. Why? Because we don't know what prayer is. So we focus on why can't I get the seed in the ground and we don't even know what the seed is. It's prayer. You've got to pray just to me. Prayer indicates a closeness. It indicates that I'm close. And so just like if we have exchanges and we begin to grow in intimacy, it indicates that we are close, not necessarily in proximity, but heart to heart. I can be close to you and you can live five states away from me. But we have conversations. we, We share our hurts. We share our pains. We share our needs. We ask what's on each other's hearts. And that is what prayer looks like. Now, here's the problem. All that's cool. And I can give you all this. But why does it seem so freaking difficult to figure out? We're taking off the spiritual for just a second, okay? We're not going to be overly spiritual for the next couple minutes. And we're going to be honest. Because this is the truth. You don't have to raise your hand. I actually don't want you to raise your hand. Because I don't want to single you out if you're not. But most of us probably, or at least half of us, probably grew up in church at least to an extent. Now, I look around and I see some people that was in my student ministry or I taught. So I don't know why we did this, but we did this. I, I've, I've yet to figure out what the, <laughs> this is unbelievable, what the purpose of this was, but we used to do this. I should have chairs up here because it would be funny. You, remember, I, I saw the youth playing Duck, Duck, Goose the other day, and I thought we used to play Duck, Duck, Goose prayer. Y- y'all remember this? Y'all are shaking your head no, but you're about to say yes. We used to sit people in circles and say, okay. We're gonna, this is the prayer circle, right? And this is what we're going to do. You're going gonna to pray by yourself, but you're going to pray out loud while the other people's praying. But we're going to pray for all these prayer requests that are on the board. And if you want to pray, you pray. But if you don't, y'all remember what you do? Squeeze the person's hand beside you. <laughs> this is why it's Duck, Duck, Goose. Because someone would start not praying and then be like clackety, 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 be at the front and like, all right, you got to go in the middle. Right? You're it. You're the goose. It's like no one prayed. Mark, you pray. Your daddy's daddy's on staff. (laughs) You know how to pray because you want to preach your kids. What? It feels the same to me. And then this is always how it felt to me. Some of y'all, y'all just gonna lie to me if you leave me up here. I'm gonna feel naked and ashamed, all right? But this is how it felt to me. I'd be in those prayer circles as a teenager and a college student, whatever praying, and the people literally were close together just like this. But they'd start feeling like they were eight feet away from me. And it's the weirdest thing. I would like I would start picturing them. I bet I can't touch them anymore. Do y'all remember what I'm talking about? Is anybody? And it was why? And then I'd be so distracted. Because because I would be like, oh crap, you're not supposed to open your eyes because you you lose your salvation if you open your eyes when you pray. (laughs) Because God's watching like Santa Claus. He sees me when I'm praying. He knows when I peek. <laughs> he knows if, okay. So, so the whole time I'm praying, I'm looking around going, oh God. and then I'm supposed to see the board because the board's over here. Lord, help. Travis, Trammell, I just saw you, so I thought of you. <laughs> and it's just a mess. And then that's when I'm praying in a group. But what about me? Because this is what it feels like to pray by myself. (laughs) What had happened was, right, that's my prayer list. I'm like, all right, all right, I got motivated. I went to to summer camp, and my heart got right because I rededicated my life, and now I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray every day. Jesus, let's do this. Lord, test, lunch science squirrel. What was I doing? Huh? And then you're like, I'm the worst. Maybe Mark will just do it because he can pray. Because he talks about it, right? We can be a people of prayer, but all I can think of is science squirrel, what that girl looked like, this and that and the other. Come on, we can be honest in here, right? I'm in high school. I'm talking about now. I think about what Leah looks like. Don't judge me. All right. (laughs) All right. But this whole thing, it's this this craziness because it's like, cool, God's close to me and it's about intimacy and it's switching faith and all that, Mark, but holy crap, the only thing I can think of is they're eight feet away from me, they keep getting farther apart, my brain wanders, I fall asleep, I don't know what to do, our our pet's heads are falling off and I don't know what prayer is Help me! Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? Here's what I think the problem is. Here's what I think the problem is. I think Matter of fact, let me just show you. If it's this difficult, why should I even worry about it? Why should I even pray? You know, I think it's this difficult, and this is really what the message is about. By the way, why we should today's why. It's kind of what it is and why. I didn't. I'm not getting into any of the details on how. So I need you to come back because I really think it can change the game for you. But today I wanted to hit on why. I think the why needs to start with the fact that we've made prayer a chore. Y'all look this way. We honestly believe. We say it. When I say we say it, I'm talking about we pastors. We spiritual people. The most important thing that you do is your quiet time, which sounds like homework. Are you with me? Now, I don't know what you were like, studious people. I see some of y'all. I know you with the high IQ. I ain't like you. My moms would ask me, did you do your homework? And I'd say, sure. Attempting not to lie. She's watching right now, I'm sure. So, Lord forgive me and moms. I wasn't worried about my homework. D means degree, baby. If we were passing, (laughs) we were playing. (laughs) Huh? Do not follow along with what I just said. I forbid you and rebuke it in Jesus' name. I'm telling you what I was. So if that was how I had about homework, if I get enough done, D means degree, we cool, then that's how prayer felt because it was another chore. It was homework. It was the thing that I had to check off my box. Ooh, I didn't read my one, two, three, four, five, really spiritual people, read the whole Bible. So I need to get this one chapter done, and I need to go pray Ooh, I ate a meal. I didn't pray. God didn't bless it, so I'm going to choke. Right? I'm just telling the truth. Y'all don't have to agree with me, but you already do. I can tell. And and then it's just homework. It's just homework. It's just homework. And then I wake up, oops, I didn't, so now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And we hit it. At some point in time during the day, we got to hit it because, by God, we got to hit it. And we've made it. We literally, we've now, I'm, there is a discipline, and I'm gonna teach that during this series. But that's all we've made it. We've made it a task list. We've made it something that we have to mark off. We've made it a thing. We've made it difficult and, and abstract and so big and squeeze the hand and far away and squirrels and certain times and rigorous and frustrating and nothing to do with a friendship. Because can I tell y'all something? Everything I just described is not what I want to do when I'm hanging out with my friends. Matter of fact, I tell the people that are closest to me, that is reasons that will keep me from a friendship with people around me. When it feels like awful work all the time. When it feels like we can never just relax and be ourselves. When it feels like I can never just let my hair down, metaphorically speaking, and I can just share my thoughts and dreams and hopes. But that is not at all what prayer feels like, is it? Come on. That's not at all. Say it to me. It's not at all, is it? No. No. It's because I think the enemy's winning. Because we don't want to humble ourselves and then pray. We want to humble ourselves and then give our Christmas list to God. Or shake the magic eight ball called the Holy Spirit. Is this going to work? Yes, no, maybe. I don't know. It's unclear. But any kind of intimacy is just foreign. It's crazy. I've cut literally minutes and minutes and minutes off this message, but I want to give you five quick things, and I may only give you two or three of reasons we should pray. But the first one is it releases, releases, it rids, it lets go of anxieties. It releases. If you've ever taken notes before, today's a good note day. because, Or just go back and watch it because it'll be online. But it releases anxieties. I'm going to read the scripture first and then tell you a quick story. Philippians 4, y'all have heard this before, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests, I'll teach that this, this series, but what those are, but let your requests be made known to God in the peace. Someone say peace. peace. Say it again, say peace. peace. Which passes all understanding, surpasses all understanding, guards, guards, guards my heart and mind. Peace. Be anxious for nothing. Then I have 1 Peter 5 as well, I'll use that. Humble yourself, therefore, before God's mighty hand. He might lift you up, cast all your anxieties, present all your anxieties to Jesus because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, running like a luring lion. maybe me better to resist him, stand in front of faith. That's how it keeps going. But it all has to do tied in with prayer and humility. The first thing that I wanted to teach y'all is prayer alleviates anxiety. Now listen, I want y'all to get this. Mark Pangle, in my life, I've never been diagnosed with. I know some of y'all have panic attacks. I don't want you to, again, raise your hand because I don't want to call you out individually, but I know of some of yours. And I've dealt with it in a family situation where I know it feels like a heart attack because we've called 911 and we've done things. I felt anxiety meaning I've worried about stuff. I've got this coming up. I don't think that's really the full-blown anxiety. But I can count on one hand I mean it. One hand, five times or less in my life where I know for sure anxiety on that level was starting to creep in my life. And as God is my witness, that happened to me this Wednesday. This Wednesday. Y'all remember Wednesday of this week? I mean, I know you remember that Wednesday took place, but we had the really bad winds. They canceled school. Everybody, y'all mocked them and said you shouldn't have, and then they should have because it was crazy, right? I'm one of them. <laughs> it's okay. Like, why did they cancel school? They should have. They did good. All yeah. right? I borrowed a car from a good friend of mine because three weeks ago, while I had just dropped pacing off to school, I'm getting on 85 on a ramp three weeks ago tomorrow, and this big, huge, white Silverado in front of me merges over and comes to a stop, and I'm way behind him, so I'm like, click, 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 I'll just go around him, right? And then out of nowhere, he jets across the whole lane. And I plowed his tail. I'm laying on the horn in my little truck, and I plowed him in the back end. And I mean it. I, I got out and I was like, oh, my gosh. And thank the Lord I wasn't injured outside of, <laughs> right? A couple chiropractor trips, and I'm good. But it jarred me. And so the truck is not good. It's at my dad's shop, and we'll figure it out later. But my friend let me borrow his car on Wednesday, and it had rained, and all this stuff had taken place, and I get in the car from here, and it's, actually, Laney had just sung in here with the youth. So it's late, late enough to be dark, and I get in, and I start driving home, and I get to the interstate right out here at exit 60 to go toward our house in Spartanburg, and I start feeling this anxiety that I have not felt a whole lot. And it troubled me. Like I was like, um, God, what is this? Here was my thoughts. I just have to tell y'all this so y'all can be let in a little more. I started picturing that impact and then I saw a bunch of trucks come by and my thought was, oh Lord Jesus, there's a fire, right? If, if I hit them on the interstate, I remember how that felt, but it's gonna feel a whole lot worse. And this time, I might be on the other side of the tulips or something, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so I... I literally just, I didn't start hiving yet, but I was just like, mm, I don't like this. And my immediate reaction was was not to let panic set in. And I mean it was setting. But I just immediately said, all right, God, you said. I need you. I'm I'm choosing in this moment where anxiety that I didn't ask for is coming, in a circumstance that I did not want to happen three weeks ago that took place, that I feel and I I can remember this and I can recall it and all of these things and I just started putting before him all that I was anxious for but I said, I'm not anxious for this and you said the peace and then I just started quoting these verses. As God is my witness, I had driven, I was going 85 north and before before I got to the 290 exit, I felt the blood coming back up here. Matter of fact, I looked in the mirror and I could see that the the color in my skin was coming back, and nothing had happened, right? Nothing had happened. I didn't see a ghost. I didn't see any of these things. I just had these thoughts, and I immediately felt peace. I'm not telling you you'll immediately feel it every single time, but I am telling you if you don't do it his way, I can't tell you what's going to happen, but you're welcoming in a level of anxiety that you don't have to deal with. Some of you deal with some chemical things. I'm not telling you not to take medicine. But what I am telling you is a lot of it is preventative if we will do it his way. If we will do it his way. I'm going to give you details of how, how, how we pray the next few weeks. But this next point, I'm going to run a lap because I'm excited and I'm going to try to go fast because it's real good. But I think this opens up stuff for you because this is what it does, y'all. Prayer tears down my fear, including that anxiety, but, but then at a whole different level. But it builds up. Prayer just doesn't tear old things down. It builds up things. And one thing it builds up, say the word. It builds up confidence. And the Bible says this. It says in Hebrews 12, and the reason I, I'm sorry, Hebrews 4, the reason I threw these verses in is I want you to understand who we pray through and who we pray to. Who we pray to, God the Father. Who we pray through, Jesus He's our high priest that we pray to. You don't need me as a priest. We have a high priest. It says it right here. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confessions. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand, sympathize with all of our issues, with all of our struggles, with all of our anything, anything, anything. Someone say anything. He can understand everything. He can understand any of that. Any of with our weaknesses, but... He's the one who in every respect has been tempted, yet without sin. He can understand all of, our, all of our hurts, all of our pains, all of our sins. We can give it to him. Now watch. It says, so let us then with confidence. Someone say confidence. confidence. Let us with confidence. Say it loud. Say confidence. confidence. Don't you know when you get around confident people, they just carry themselves. Deeply. I'm not talking about cocky. I'm talking about arrogant. I'm talking about my crap doesn't stink, so look at me. I'm awesome. I, I don't love those people. I love the people. I don't love that action, right? Do not. I don't really want to be around them. I'm like, (laughs) you think you're awesome. I'm talking about the people that are just like, we can do this. I love being around that. There's just this confidence about them. What this is saying is I should go in prayer with this confidence. That's crazy, right? Because I'm going, going, I don't even know where I'm praying, and I'm seeing eight feet away, and I'm seeing all these Z's and help me and whatever's going on. He said, no, you should then with confidence draw near. Someone say draw. Draw. Draw near to God, to the throne of grace, that I may receive mercy, find grace in my time of need. I really need y'all to pay attention right now because I'm going to give you a lot. But it's real freaking good. Woo! First of all, throne room. I know y'all think the same way I do because y'all have agreed with it today. So it has to be, right? When I think of throne, I think of the, like, mid, what am I trying to say? The, The old time medieval Big huge thrones where you walk in and you see the king. He's got this this long robe on his huge crown. He's got his scepter and he's like, enter, bow before it. Y'all with me? Yeah. Nobody else thinks like I think. <laughs> Some kind of weird throne, right? Not today's kingdoms where everybody's equal. Nah, this is that dude. He's high and lifted up. He's in that. Does anyone else think that I, what I think that, it, that that's the picture? That ain't the picture here. The word throne in the Greek is. Thanos, Thanos, which means the bench, the bench, the seat. And, and in this case, it's not the king that I'm approaching, it's the judge. Hoo-hoo, it's about to get good, I'm just telling you all right now. You know why, you know why if I'm guilty, now hear what I'm saying, if I'm guilty, let me break some news to you, we're guilty. There ain't one of you in here. There ain't one of you out there. there. ain't one of them anywhere. We're guilty. Someone say guilty. guilty. We are. We are. We are. You done something, said something, did something, 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 something. And he knows it all. So when I'm going to the judge, I'm guilty. So why in the blue moose would I want to go up to this judge who knows I'm guilty and I knows I'm guilty and I want to be confident when I'm going up there? My God, this seems crazy. Except for it's not when I know the whole story. See, Y'all got to get this now. The Bible says that the accuser of the brethren, Revelation chapter 10, the accuser of the brethren accuses day and night. He's constantly going in the courts of the Lord and he's accusing, 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 accusing. I've never seen this before this week. I shared it with staff. They probably, they probably left the other day going, he is nuts, right? Because I was just like, y'all won't believe this. I got a whole sermon series and I don't know what to do with it. The accuser of the brethren accuses me day and night, day and night. And, and then the Bible says... But Jesus, but we over, it actually says, but we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That's all court, all court. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, his courts, right? So, so in prayer, it, it gives this picture of we have a high priest. An advocate is actually what the word says. That, that's the defense attorney. That's the one that speaks on my behalf. That actually means counselor. Y'all seen those Senate hearings on the advice of Counsel, I won't say anything. That's Jesus. I don't have to speak. He spoke for me. I only speak. This is what Jesus said, not me. I only speak what my father says. I'm about to go. <laughs> Y'all better get ready. I feel like throwing a shoe and a wig and something else <laughs> that I can get my hands on. Look, 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 look. Listen, this is crazy. You know how many times you've beat yourself up and you've reminded yourself of what? The enemy. I'll, I'll use his word. The accuser has said that you did. You know what I've realized? He lies. John 8 says he's the father of lies, and all he does is lie. But the thing that I've realized is he doesn't lie about what he's accusing me of. He's actually just accusing me of what I've done, in my opinion. Why do you say that? Because he can't go to the judge and lie. The judge knows. So when he approaches the bench, he's approaching the bench with the truth of what I've done, saying, don't worry about Blake. Blake's just this, 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 and this. Y'all, this blew my mind. This blew my mind when I read it this week. I actually didn't read it, the Lord brought it to my mind while I was in there studying and I went, what? Matthew 5 where Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount and he's talking about do not be angry and then he goes through and he says, when you have an issue with a brother, I think up till that point it literally is talking about issues with each other, but then it says, then it says, go, agree, listen, agree with your accuser before you get to the judge lest, lest, the judge gives you to this, to this, to this, and you end up in jail. Now listen, let's, back, let's backtrack it. Accuser, accuser of the brethren. You want me to agree with Satan? You already do. So he's not asking you to agree with him for the point of agreement. He's asking you to, to, to agree with him so you know it's time to go into court. Because what the enemy doesn't get Matter of fact, I'm not going to say it that way. He might get it, but he doesn't think you get it. So he's willing to keep doing it. Is that as long as he keeps accusing you, all he's doing is reminding you that you're not God, that you screwed up, that you need grace and mercy. Now listen, this is why it's important. This says that I may receive, receive, receive mercy and find grace in my time of need. This is why I think the Lord brought it to my mind this week. It, I do the one-year Bible, and I love doing it, and I just felt pulled. I got up, I think, I think it was Wednesday. I can't remember. One day this week, super early, and Lamentations 3, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his. Mercies never come to an end. Now, listen, 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 listen. They're new how often? Every day. Every morning. Put it in this context. Just because they're new every morning don't mean I get them. This implies that I receive. Someone I'm going to say receive. You cannot receive this from me just because I offer it to you unless you do what? Take it. Accept it. You got to get it. I don't care what you get offered in your life. If you don't reach out and take it, you don't have it. So is, let me try that again, are the steadfast love and mercies new? Is it true that they're new every morning? Yes. Is it true that I get them every morning? I don't know. That's completely up to if I approach the bench. I only get it if I approach it. So why should I not worry about when the accuser accuses me? Because he just reminds me what mercy is. Here's what mercy is. Mercy is me not getting punished even though I deserve it. I deserve punishment. I deserve punishment. I deserve punishment. But it says right here he freely gives. I receive mercy when I'm with the Lord. When I ask, it's mine. And then I find favor or charis. In my time of need. See, I think we're looking all outside and we're trying to make prayer so difficult. It's intimacy with God. So he says, agree with your accuser and immediately come to the court. Agree with the accuser and immediately come in. So it ain't a bad thing when he's reminding you how bad you are. He thinks it is. Watch, now don't miss this. It is when you keep telling yourself you're what he says you are. All I'm doing when I'm agreeing with him is agreeing with the fact that I need to go before the judge. Now watch. Why is that a good thing? Because when I approach this bench, I remember the fact that when God sees me, he don't see me. Because he who knew no sin became sin so that I could be the righteousness of God. So I plead the blood. I actually don't have to plead at all because the one who's my advocate, who's my helpmate, who's the counselor we approach together. And God says, you're, Innocent or guilty, what are you doing when you stand before me? And Jesus steps in front and says, remember what I did. I became it. Remember that breath that's in his lung is the last breath that I took. Remember remember the life in him is the life that I gave. Remember the fact that he's mine. So on your worst day, it's offered to you. On your best day, it's offered to you. It's nothing you did. It's everything he accomplished. But I can't find favor or grace unless I go in. So why does this matter? It's not a chore. It's not something that I got to work toward. It's something that I get to go into because I enter the gates and the courts with praise and thanksgiving. And he says it right here that I draw near with confidence. Remember in the last verse in Philippians 4 with thanksgiving in my heart. All of these are approached with what Pastor Stephen led us off with last week. And if you missed the humility part, I don't think you have access in if you come in prideful. Because listen, with confidence I can tell you I have a right to be in. But I don't go in saying, you better move out of my way. I got a right to be in. I say, oh my gosh, I have a right to be in. Which changes every way that I approach everything. Every single prayer that I have can then change. Why? Because I go in and I approach the bench. The one that has the right, the judge that has the right to cast everyone and everything all time because he is all in all. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He's above all and through on in all. He spoke and said, let there be light and there was light. He spoke and made everything. He spoke and did all. He loved us enough. The Bible says it pleased him to bruise his son for our benefit. Like so that we could have life. And yet that's the one that I get to approach and pray through my advocate, the Holy Spirit in me and Jesus in heaven. And he pleads on my behalf right beside me. He stands as He approached the bench. So, so this is what all of us do, right? Man, I'm guilty. And I know that judge is going to rule negatively in my favor. I was about to take my cough drop. The, the judge is about to go rule negatively in my favor. Just like some of y'all that have had to stand before judges. Even if it's a traffic ticket and you're like, I don't really want to go because I know what he's going to say. But how fast would you bust in those doors if you had zero doubt 100% of the time he was ruling in your favor? I would go in with that confidence knowing there is literally nothing the enemy can say that can change the ruling because the ruling has already been given. So it's my opportunity every morning to receive mercy and find grace in my time of need. We approach this thing all backwards because we think it's a chore, but it's just our opportunity to walk in freedom, to walk in wholeness, to walk in healing, to walk in health, to walk in goodness. I want to give y'all a couple more. I don't really have time, but I'm going to take time if that's cool with y'all. Y'all cool? I'm going to skip that one. Number three says that it gives us uh, wisdom. What is wisdom? Let me give you my definition. This is not the biblical Greek whatever but my definition is this is not smarts this is supernatural knowing what you are not supposed to know naturally this is him giving me the ability to have insight into things that I should not have insight by myself it's wisdom wisdom no one is naturally wise in years we grow, and there's certain things in wisdom that you did not know when you were younger. This gives me the ability to not have to be old, but have wisdom in areas. It's God's wisdom. And this is what the Bible says. In James 1, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him say it. Say it. Let him ask. Let her ask. And he, gen- or he generously gives it to all who, without reproach. He, he, he doesn't want to push us away. He's not angry. It will be given to us and then right after that it says, but don't doubt. Don't be double-minded. Just trust him. You've approached the bench. Don't tell yourself all the things that Satan lied to you, the accuser. Approach knowing you're, you're free and live your life intimately with him. And then I wanted to tell you a story about this one and then I'm just going to read. I'm going to tell you the, this verse and then tell you that the last two are Prayer promotes healing, and prayer changes lives. Thousands and thousands and thousands of lives, and I've got examples, and I'll give them to you later. Samson prayed, will you return my strength? And it did, and Joshua prayed for the sun to stand still. There's so many. Y'all, I left so many off, but the last two are healing, and then it changes things. It changes everything. Prayer changes everything. But I want to show you this in healing, and then I'm going to read the verse right after this is the purpose. It says, therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be, say it loud, you may be healed. Because the prayer of a righteous person has great power In other translations says, has healing anointing as it is working. Um, I believe that this is physical healing. I, I really believe physical healings are still possible and still take place and I've gotten to experience them. And I believe there is an absolute anointing on physical healings. But I got to experience, and I have not shared this with anyone, including our staff, because it happened um, after our work week. I was, (laughs) (laughs) this is fun. I was praying, um, I think it was like 6 o'clock, Thursday afternoon. I was here by myself, finishing up might have been earlier than that I can't remember exactly and I just was asking the Lord for a couple things and then I was I actually I keep a list and I'm going to teach y'all some of this this series but I I was just going through my list people things and I have this one relationship that's fairly estranged right now Um, we've texted a little bit haven't haven't really talked haven't had any closeness used to be really close I, I Can I be honest with y'all? I have not asked the Lord to make us close again at all. Matter of fact, recently, I've just said, help in this and this and this and prayed for this person. And I saw something and felt led to call. And I was like, I really want to call. I hadn't talked to this person in almost a year. So why don't I just text them? And I just really kept feeling moved. Call them, call them, call them, call them. I was like, oh. All right, called. Immediately got a text back. Hey, I'm at this thing. Let me call you back in a couple minutes. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, cool. This person called me back. And I said, so and so, I just have to tell you, the Lord wouldn't leave me alone. And I thought of you, and this happened. And I just had words to tell him in that moment. And I'm weeping. Half of it, I don't even know why I'm crying. I just, it was unbelievable. Oh my God. I apologize, so so. I don't know why I'm crying, but I just just know the Lord was talking to me. Y'all, can I tell you something? I did not do this so that this would happen, so that I could talk about this. Are y'all with me? This is my real life. Matter of fact, I can tell you exactly where I was. I was at Spartan Auto in the parking lot because I didn't want to be in a busy parking lot, and that thing shut down. Got the windows rolled down, and I'm weeping, crying. (laughs) I said, I just know that when I saw this, this is what I was supposed to share with you and I love you and I really planned on that being the end of the conversation and there was a silence followed by a 30 minute discussion where we just wept together I mean just shared heart apologized for things that we didn't even have on our hearts to apologize for and I got off the phone and I sat in the parking lot with my hands on the steering wheel doing like this and I didn't know what to do y'all like I didn't know if I should be excited I felt like I had been gut punched but it was a good gut punch and like, what in the world just happened I, that's not what I planned on today and I was taken back to this verse realizing yeah but you've the, the Lord really just put this on my heart yeah but you've continued to pray for that person even when you're estranged And I needed y'all to go through some things. Can I tell y'all something? We're not going on vacation together next week. There's some stuff that has to work out. And there's time and there's conversations. But it began to do something in here in a place that needed deep healing. Deep healing. And it opened up healing. And it unlocked the beginning where I felt like I could breathe differently again. And I think this person did too, based on what I was told in the conversation. I just thought, you know, we've made prayer this thing where we constantly have to go to God and knock it off our list, but it's not that at all. It's God's desire to be intimate with me in places that are broken in places that I don't understand it's God's willingness to use me to send something silly that doesn't even matter to me like I think it's really cool what I sent this person but but that shouldn't be paddles on a chest of a relationship that revives it and gives life and (laughs) blows fresh wind into didn't do anything magical, I didn't do anything super cool, I didn't do anything that needed a degree in Bible I just called because I felt like I was supposed to because I was with him because I had boldly approached the Thanos where I got my mercy and I found my favor in my time of need where I spent intimate time by worshiping him in my heart through worship music on my own where I had extended time periods but it doesn't matter if it's an hour or five minutes on the way to work and these thoughts came to my mind and y'all just stay with me because I know it's a little bit sporadic but I think it's for you today is I was blown away at the fact that in the Greek the word for prayer and the word for wish is one letter off they're almost identical things And if I'm not careful, my relationship with God will be no different than me throwing quarters into a wishing well. Or when I wish upon a star. But it's not about my wishes. It's about the exchange. Because the first one that made the exchange, now look at me. The first one that made the exchange, God has never asked me to do anything that he didn't do first. The first one that made the exchange was his his person. His son exchanged my death, my sin, my hurt, my everything, and he became it so I could become his righteousness. So when I exchange my wishes for his, when I say not my will but your will be done, it is not as if I'm going through a big difficult turmoil if I actually believe that what he's got is way better than what I would wish for anyway. It's a mindset. It's an attitude. It's a shifting of this purpose to want what he's purposed in me. I can go with such boldness and tell you that I believe God's plans for you are unbelievable and God's plans for this church are unbelievable and that thousands, listen to me, thousands and thousands and thousands of people's lives are going to change. Maybe not just in this building, maybe not just across the street or down the road, but in buildings and churches and, and people that we get to send out and pastor and mission and teachers and nurses and doctors and people all over the Southeast and then all over America and all over the world. It's never been about a building. And I can say it with confidence. Why? Because God keeps reminding me. I I want you to have faith to believe for thousands of people. I want you to have faith to believe for this. I don't have to do it, y'all. It's not about my talent. It's not about my ability to communicate through preaching. It's not about my ability, can I pray enough? It's about if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their ways, then we'll hear from heaven and he'll heal this, and then this, and then this. And so I can confidently tell you that I'm confident without a doubt in my mind that he who's begun a good work in me will see it through to the day of completion in Christ Jesus, and he wants to do the same in you. And it's not about being a preacher, but y'all let me skip some slides and show you why I wanted to show you this last James slide. Elijah was a man just like me, just like you. That's so what it says. Elijah was a man just like us. It says with a nature in, this, in the English standard. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three and a half years, y'all see this? Three and a half years. Three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. <laughs> I prayed this uh, in January, February, and March because it kept raining. It didn't work. But it says Elijah was just like us. Just like us. I don't think this is in here so we can feel good about ourselves. I think Elijah was a man just like us. And then he prayed that it would rain again and the heavens opened up and gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. So what are you trying to say, Mark? I'm trying to say that the limit to this thing in prayer is not your ability to comprehend how all the theological conundrums of God but your ability to go boldly in the throne room where you receive mercy and find grace in your time of need, where you believe that you're actually forgiven and not that you have to earn your forgiveness, where you believe that God wants to offer you freedom and forgiveness every day, where God does not hold your past, and I'm talking about yesterday. I'm talking about on the way to service when you cussed your husband. Come on. It's true. We're real. I'm talking about when you did not even want to look at them. I'm talking about when you so tired of your kids because they got so much candy last night, they acting crazy like crackheads right God ain't afraid of your stuff that ain't what keeps you out our belief that it's this spiritual Olympics instead of just intimacy just walk I share everything with them, y'all I don't get a word from God every five seconds. Turn left. No, I can turn left. I'm, I can see it, right? I don't have to, I, God doesn't have to tell me not to run into a tree when I'm driving. But on those big things, on those things that I feel frustrated with, without a doubt, I'm asking. Without a doubt, I'm walking. This does not give you the how-to, but I hope it helps you understand the why and the what. The why is, because I get to, y'all. Are you kidding me? Like, it's the craziest thing ever. I mean it, y'all. I am a jacked up mess. I look in the mirror all the time and go, what is wrong with you, man? Like, why can't you get your crap together? I I say it to me. And Leah says it to me. (laughs) But it does not stop me from wanting to go to prayer and wanting to walk with God. It actually pulls me toward it because this is the bottom line truth that I've just let resonate in my soul. I can't do this by myself. And even if I could, I don't really think I want to. So let's throw that out. I don't care if I'm talented enough anymore. I don't need to be talented enough. I just need to do what he says next. I need to walk in agreement. I need to offer my body a living sacrifice every day, holy and pleasing to God because what God cares about is not your talent, not your abilities, not all your stuff but just walking with you in intimacy in love, just saying that's what it is because this is the truth the purpose of prayer is intimacy with God daily developing a closeness with me where he leads and I follow, do you hear me? he leads and I follow that's the purpose where he leads and I follow It's intimacy. Someone say intimacy. This is how I want to close, y'all. Elijah was a man just like us. The prayers of righteous people have healing anointing. Who's righteous? Y'all look at me. The Bible says no one's righteous. No, not one. But the Bible also says that he who knew no sin became sin so that you and I could be. Someone say be. Not act like, but become the righteousness of God. I know, I can feel it in my bones. I know that there's broken places and broken people in this room. I know some of y'all came in here and your hearts hurt so deep, you don't even know how to explain it. Here's what's cool. Romans chapter eight, when I'm hurting, groaning so deep for words, the Holy Spirit grieves on my behalf. You have a God who loves you so deeply. He's just waiting on you to enter. Just enter. There's relationships with exes and past. There's relationships with churches that you used to attend or some of y'all have church hurt. There's relationships with people, with organizations, with stuff that you look at and go, I'm disgusted. I don't even want to look at. I don't even want to be a part of anymore. Look at me. God knows. You don't have to hide it from him. He already knows. It's the enemy that's reminding you all the stuff that happened and all that you aren't. I want you to practice right now. So I don't know how. Yes, you do. If you could tell me, you can tell the one that's far greater than the one you can, than me to tell. You don't need me. You have a high priest who in every way understands what you've gone through. The point's never been God not giving you what you can handle. You can't. But in him, there's nothing that you can't handle but he's the point so in this song I just want y'all to practice by doing this sing worship God tell him how much you love him and cast all your anxieties on Jesus open up your heart and say God in this particular area I've been hurting so bad it feels broken y'all look at me I'm not telling you for sure that you're going to have immediate restoration of relationships it may take months It may take years, but He'll begin to restore your soul is what the Bible says. He restores my soul. The land that needs healing in your life is not America. The one that gets elected on Tuesday, whether it's Senate seat, House, President, all the Congress seats, the local elections, none of those are going to help your soul. Do you hear what I'm telling you? None of them. I'm telling you before God, your soul will be the same on Wednesday, whichever person is elected or whenever we find out. But what can change your soul, what can begin to heal those broken places is you going in and receiving mercy and finding grace in your time of need. And that is your offer every single day. And I want you to practice it right now. That when we're singing, you just lift your hands up and say, God, this is the place in my heart that I'm hurting so deeply. So I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. I'm not going to pray until we get done. Because I want you to pray with me right now. As we begin, this, this song's perfect. As we begin to sing these words, Lord, do it in my heart right now. So do it now, Lord, as we pray together.